Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The editing's so snappy, the music's so snappy. I think the premise is completely inspired. Their fallout at the party is the most authentic moment right. of being a girl with teenage friends. It's really well done and it's also just knockabout funny and Gigi's the best. <laughs> it's in the tradition of American graffiti. The big night in your life that you do not realise will be the night that you'll be reflecting on decades later. It really captured that beautifully. And then they realise, oh my God, we've never taken any risks. So that's it. It's like the, the final night that they've got together. They're going to take some risks. They're going to do some dumb shit. And that's it. That's the setup. Hello, film fans. Joining us remotely today, we have Ben. Hello. Robbie. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hey. And we're here to review Booksmart. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us remotely, we have Ben and Robbie. If you could please say hello to our lovely listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Ben, you take this one. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ben Bailey-Smith. Uh, I'm an actor and, and writer and uh, a presenter. And um, yeah, I love talking about film. That's that's why I'm here, really. And uh, and who better to talk about film with than my esteemed entertainment colleague, sometime colleague? Yeah, me. <laughs> uh, my name's Robbie. Uh, I'm the film critic at The Telegraph. And as Ben mentioned, sometimes on Wistertainment as well, sometimes elsewhere on the radio too. Um, and that's that's it. Film critic, film critic, film critic. <laughs> well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. It's it's an absolute pleasure. And as I said, um, I think most people who listen to this will know you guys from from uh, Wittertainment, and and the voices will seem familiar at least. Um, so I was keen to get you guys on. Um, you work together on Wittertainment, and we've had a few other Wittertainees on the show and on Flix watching the past. So we're trying to we're trying to get everyone else in. Sanjeev's on the list somewhere. Um, yeah, as well. get Sanjeev we in. We get Sanjeev He's in. got the silkiest voice of like all time. It's something about <laughs> the way the way the that bass is just so. I don't know what it is. It's just so smooth, man. <laughs> A real actually mellifluity. It's beautiful. Yes, 
Yes, the combination of Sanjeev and, and Paddington Two was uh, was a light as well. When some, I know when that was like it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I've, I've known you guys for a while, and yeah, and I've seen you. I've seen you stand up live uh, well, as Doc Brown a couple of times. The last one being in really? Oslo. Um, I think you're supporting Ricky Gervais. Oh my gosh, Oslo. That would yeah. have been like twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve, twenty eleven. Wait, wait. Was it like a nightmare? Like, did I, was I just dying for ten minutes and people were finding their seats? <laughs> was it that one in the little theatre or the big one? It was a big theatre. Uh, it was the spe- it was the yeah. spectrum. That's like ten thousand people. Yeah, it was a big one. Okay, no, I was I killed that night. That's all good. <laughs> what you don't know? Why did you bring the other one up? What you don't yeah, know no, is exactly. the night before. The night before, this is true. The night before, I met Ricky Gervais for the first time. Oh, really? In Norway, yeah. So I I'd spoken you guys to him on the phone. No, no, yeah. no. I'd spoken to him on the phone. He'd see me on YouTube. He invited me to come open for him. I'm like, this is actually happening, right? I was just in my garden. I got a call. Next thing I know, I'm getting flown business class to Oslo. I meet him backstage before the warm-up for the Spectrum, right? Spectrum, like I say, it's like 10,000 people. So you yeah. warm up in a little theatre, it's like 1,500, maybe 1,000. Um, and I'm feeling confident. I've written Norwegian gags on the plane over there and I've got some other stuff I'm going to improv around. I'm feeling confident. I've just got to do 20 minutes. And um, I get on stage and there's like 25 people sat down and the rest are just like walking around, trying to find their seats, getting drinks and stuff. It's bedlam. And my clock's just ticking down, <laughs> you know? Uh, and then there's an argument in the front row between these guys who'd taken these girls' seats. So I was having to sort that out, then get this new wave of people came in and they were all like fussing over where they were sitting. And I got halfway through and I was just like, this is it, like, I looked over to my left. Ricky had pulled up a little milking stool and he was just sat in the wings watching me die. <laughs> and I was just like, I just sighed and I went to the mic and I said, look, I'm just going to be real. This is what's happening right now. So I told him that whole, you know, what I'd been through, you know, meeting Ricky Gervais for the first time is a big moment for me pers- on a personal level and on a professional level for my career. And I'm fucking ushering. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and from there, like I saw, I had them, and I kind of pulled it back. But we went for a beer afterwards, and that was it. That was the start of our relationship, and been friends oh, nice. ever since. And worked on look all the things we've done together since. Yeah. That was the very first thing ever. Can I ask? Was there a Norwegian gag that you felt was underappreciated because of the general hubbub in the room? Uh, One of the specific ones. Yeah, that you maybe, wrote? maybe thinking that that Yo Nesbo was a rapper. I don't think that went. <laughs> That's that. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No love. That's good, guys. I like that. <laughs> Your Nesbitt. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about films. As we talked about entertainment, these guys know about films as Robbie and Ben. Uh, ben, you've chosen Booksmart. So can you tell us why you chose it and give us a synopsis in less than 60 seconds? Well, it was the one film that was left that wasn't on the list you sent me. No, no, no. Gen- <laughs> genuinely. Genuinely, I chose this film because my kids, my kids recommended it. And they've been okay. recommending it for ages since they saw it. And I just haven't got round to it. So seeing that it was on Netflix, I thought, oh, perfect. And, you know, and no one else had chosen it. So I actually watched it because my kids recommended it. And they know comedy. Like, they find the comedy that I find funny, funny. And they right. they really clock the stuff that I hate, they hate. Independently. It's not my... It's not my that's, that's, I haven't forced it on them. That. Yeah, so they show me stuff like... And I'm like, yes, you know what... I, you know, like... 
Andy Samberg, you know, mm. uh, one of my daughters really put me on to Andy Samberg, you know, so like- As part of Lonely Island or in separate? A uh, bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a bit of I Threw It On The Ground, you know, so a um, bit of both. But um, yeah, they know funny. So I was like, let's, let's have a crack at this. Synopsis in 60 seconds? Mm-hmm. 60 seconds, okay. So there's two girls, uh, Molly and Amy, they're uh, about to graduate, but they've always been nerds. This uh, It's a high school in, in LA. Um, they've always been nerds and they've never really pushed the boat out or tried to do anything too risky because they're so focused on, you know, the next steps of their lives. Um, you know, Amy's going to Africa to, to do a, a, an internship. Molly's going to, to, to Yale. Um, and then they realise, oh my God, everybody else, all these guys that have just, dicked around and been to parties they're also going on to great things and we've never <laughs> taken any risks so that's it it's like the, the final night that they've got together they're going to take some risks they're going to do some dumb shit and that's it that's the setup what dumb shit are they going to do and it's yeah it's very much a sort of i found it like a, a throwback film to the, like just stupid 80s stuff but with mainly with girls which made it kind of refreshing well no, no i saw robbie nodding his head there what, what were your thoughts robbie yeah, I had actually missed this when it was released in the cinema. The, the weird thing about the Booksmart release was I think it came out the same week as Two Enormous Things, wasn't it? It was like Aladdin and Rocket Man or something like that. It was up mm, against two serious uh, crowd-drawing machines. And it became in a weird way this referendum on will we, you know, if we release high-quality comedy that is not playing to all four quadrants, as they say. So, you know... Uh, both sexes, all ages, we're going to, this is something for absolutely everyone. We release a film that's slightly more targeted than that and it's great and it's got mm-hmm. a great critical groundswell of support behind it. Can it still connect with a wide audience? And the answer for Booksmart was no. I mean, it did okay, but it wasn't the the, the hit, I think, that its distributors had hoped for. So I'd missed it because my, my colleague Tim had reviewed it and I had put off reading up about it because I, the reviews were good enough to make me think, okay, so I want to try and ex- experience this with a, with a completely clean frame of reference. So I watched it for the first time uh, on Valentine's Day, which at the time of recording was two nights ago with my other half. <laughs> and the... Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the first time I see it. So so the um, I think the premise is completely inspired because it is the, the idea is very relatable. If at school you were an enormous loser like I was. You can kind of, you, you, you see this this Second way that you've, that, you've completely jeopardised your, <laughs> your social life for six years to with, with absolutely zero material gain at the end of it. Um, and just when that when that first piece clicks into place, we just both fell about laughing and we continued to follow it laughing for the rest of it. Um, I think it's it's a it's a really um, <laughs> consistently funny, and I know consistently sounds like damning with faint praise, but there's a consistency to the the quality of the comedy in this that yeah. just makes you think every scene. Oh, that was great! Oh, that was great! And then you're on to the next one. Oh, that was great too. Mm. And it's you know what it's it's uh, comedy is my thing, and uh, I, I personally my favorite type of comedy is the silliest. I love I love clever, twisty, surprising, intricately written comedy and 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 non-comedy comedy and all of that stuff but there's very little that gets me laughing more than just really silly raucous stuff and and this just sort of gets hold of you like Robbie says and then it just doesn't let up I don't think this film would have worked for me at all if any of it 
any frame of it was a little bit more lingered on. Like if it was a little bit slower in the editing, I just, I just would have thought this is just like porkies with girls. Like who cares? You know, you're you're just dragging out every gag. They don't drag out anything. It's just bam, 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 bam. If there's not a gag here, just bring Gigi back. (laughs) Just throw her in there. Like, oh shit, it's Gigi again. How did you get here? Like just, just silly stuff, bang, 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 mixed with like quite like the weirdest sort of edgy end of comedy, like when they meet the pizza guy, stuff like that sort of keeps yeah. it keeps it just on, on the edge. Language-wise, the F-bomb is, is just through the roof. The language is outrageous, but <laughs> at the same time, like it's teenagers. Like and when you watch teenagers on screen and no one swears, you're like, what, what the fuck is this? Who, who are these teenagers? So... Like Robbie says, there's that relatable angle. Um, but yeah, I just thought the pace of it, it felt like a real good old-fashioned knockabout comedy. But what makes it contemporary is the editing so snappy, the music so snappy. They build those characters so quick that when I was watching the end credits, it was like seeing the yearbook of your old friends, like each one getting the, the water bloom popping on their face. I was like, oh, that guy, that girl. Oh, I loved him. Oh, he was so cool. Oh, he was so fun. I properly just became a teenager watching it. You'll know that by how many likes I've put in, in this review of the film. <laughs> Helen, have you seen Booksmart before? Yeah, I didn't see it at the cinema, but um, I kind of caught it when it came on to, probably maybe Amazon before it came on to Netflix. And I was a bit disappointed because I did not love it as much as I was expecting to and as much as it had been built up. There's a lot of things that I really, really do like about it. Like you've already just mentioned, Billy Lord is amazing and every time she's on the screen, she's amazing and exciting. Um, but there's some other things, as particularly this time round, watching it for the second time, which I think I can attribute to the fact that I'm quite picky with comedy anyway and it's maybe a sign that I'm getting old and are therefore <laughs> no longer going to enjoy things that kids enjoy or find cool or relevant. So I think that's probably part of me. But it was interesting this time around, I realised it's got four writers, so four people put this together. And I think that kind of shows in the writing. And I, th- I think some of the characters for me could have gone and it could have made some of the others a little bit tighter because there's a lot of kids who you kind of meet at the start and then they just kind of, you don't really come back to them, which I think chopping a couple of them out would have made the other ones a little bit stronger. So I really, really, really wanted to like this a lot more than I did in reality. And the music is so loud. Music is loud. This is a sign that obviously it's me, an old person. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, another song. It just felt like a lot of music videos over and over again. And I understand that I sound like, an 80-year-old woman. I'm sorry. 80-year-old women are probably not going to enjoy it. Or maybe they will. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm definitely older than you, Helen. But I, I, <laughs> I, could, see, I could see those elements. And I know exactly what you're saying. There's the, the, but I, I, just, I felt it needed to be noisy, loud, fast, super choppy to just keep that comedy going. Because it's that level of comedy. This is not, you know death of stalin do you know what i mean this is not cerebral comedy it's knockabout silly stuff and with that stuff you kind of have to like keep it rolling do you know what i mean and I uh, is, and that, that's why it worked for me if this has been in the hands of uh judd apatow or um early adam mckay where 
it could have just, would just had the camera locked sat there and they would have riffed off people it yeah, would have, wouldn't work all the energy would have gone from it i agree with you with the energy and I, and in terms of the setup of the characters i love how the first time you see amy and molly they're doing their stupid dance molly yeah. amy pulls up in the beat up volvo they do the stupid dances <laughs> molly's coming down the stairs i love to see and you know all those kind of uh robotic moves and you know that establishes their relationship and friendship just right there and it's just I, I love buddy films where it's just the, the love between two people is shared and you can see it and you know it's real and know it's visceral and i think this is one thing this is uh, olivia wilde's directorial debut and i think that shows in how she's portrayed as women because i think a lot of people cast this off as a the female super bad uh i think it's got a lot more to it than super bad where super bad was just a bit be a bit be a bit, be a bit more crass this had uh, one main character was lesbian and it wasn't played for ludity in any way it was just kind of played for this this is her life and she's she's got equally those those bits where she's scared to meet the person that she fancies she's scared to talk to the person that she fancies and she's got the same relatable anguishes that other people have and I just really love that well-rounded nature that supplied us then with Gigi moments where she dives off the boat and and Jared being who's just a bit of a loser but also just really he's got low self-esteem but needs to feel like he's you know he, he was one of my favorite characters i i think i think Hel- helen's probably right in in maybe you could have a, a a small cull but if if there was a cull it would be more like just pulling back on the um the the two gay kids with their sort of drama uh i thought that was yeah, all pushed the, too far the, the murder mystery all of that stuff is too far because I like if, kids if just they missed don't out that do scene, that if they missed out <laughs> going to the that house um, that I think was a would've... bit too much but like, yeah, smaller characters like uh, uh, your man with the boat. I, lo- I loved, I loved him. I loved him. Mm. And 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 maybe they turned him round too quick. But again, like I say, this was recommended to me by children. So I, I didn't go into it thinking it's going to be a cinematic masterpiece. I was very kind of ready for it to just be a lot of fun, and that it kind of served its purpose in that. If you talk about coming of age movies, like for me, it 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 can't even come close to something like Kings of Summer. But it's a different, they're trying to yeah. do something different. Do you know what I mean? I, like there's a little bit of schmaltziness in this, but really they're just going, we're going to do some dumb shit. Like they probably, <laughs> that's probably a line in the movie. Let's go and do some dumb shit. So it's, I, 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 the lack of pretension to it, I think is, a, is another thing that helped me enjoy it for what it was, if, 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 if that makes sense. But one thing I did want to ask you, Helen, because you've got three men here talking about, oh, it felt so relatable. True. From a woman's point of view, like, was there anything in there that rang true when you think about that age, that awkward age? 100%. Their fallout at the party is the most authentic moment right. of being a girl with teenage friends. Yeah, I found that powerful, that uh, argument, especially the way they had the guts to just sort of fade it out, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's, you know, this being a directorial debut of an actress, I think it's really interesting because we often think of actors as being great directors of acting. But Olivia Wilde really brings like a, a fully formed vision to this. Like she's, she's mm. the way she shoots the, the, her, her, her stars in, in, in close-up is really beautiful. The way she kind of, as, as we've, we've talked about, the kind of the pacing of it, the rhythm of the film is really, there's a lot of attention being paid to that. Even these little crazy forays into stop motion when you know when they they hallucinate themselves as as dolls, I mean it's kind of it's a it's a big swing and it's not necessarily something you can imagine an actor who was trying to you know having their first stab at directing doing. So I think it's got this really fully formed 
uh, feel to it that I was I was really taken by. The other thing I want to say about the, the cluttered supporting cast, I really love this. And I think it's it goes back to what Ben said about this being like flicking through a yearbook. You know, people grab for Superbad because it was the most recent example, I think, of, of, of this kind of film. But for me, this is kind of, it's, it's in the tradition of American Graffiti or Dazed and yeah. Confused. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that it's the big night in your life that you do not necessarily realise will be the night that you'll be reflecting on throughout your 20s, your 30s, your 40s and, and, and beyond. Um, and I love I love the fact that this was a film that Ben was introduced to by his kids because it proves it connects on both of those levels. You know, it, it, it plays authentic to people who are that age, but it also connects with, you know, if you can remember that from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago in your life, you remember what it's like to be at that stage of your, your existence and to be experiencing this kind of pivotal night that you don't necessarily realise is going to be pivotal in the ways it's going to be pivotal at that time. You know, I can think back to to growing up in Edinburgh. Well, boy, with the stories, there's nothing kind of, you know, remotely approaching this this kind of night out. But those evenings that you kind of think, oh, well, let's go to this party or let's, you know, do this, do that. And then it's the, it's the kind of experience that stays with you, you know, decades later. It really captured that beautifully. Those, um, when you said Days of Confused, that's absolutely right. And that's still one of my favourite mm. films, Days of Confused, just the, and the type of things you don't have now as an adult, as a 40-plus-year-old person. <laughs> you don't just go to one place and then go to the next place with no kind of idea what's going to happen next. And one thing I do love about the film is that I felt so happy that Molly and Amy got to experience that at least once. Because um, <laughs> it would have been like, it's like, it would have been super sad if they couldn't. But also, I really love the conceit to this in that they thought they were, you know, hoity-toity, but also, no, they were prejudging their schoolmates who were also on to Yale, who were getting yeah. seven, six-figure salaries at Google straight away. Oh, it's not Apple, but, you know. And <laughs> I, I love that conceit, and I think it's it's really well done, and it's also just knockabout funny, and Gigi's the best. <laughs> Gigi is the best. I, I, I just realised when Robbie was speaking, I'm not sure if I said that my children are teenagers. That it's yeah. not like a five-year-old came in and <laughs> said to me, Daddy, you must watch this film where this girl accidentally fingers another girl in the butthole and pukes on her her breasts. that didn't happen (laughs) my kids are teens so everybody just calm down (laughs) did anyone else do start doing the mental maths when the kind of retro karaoke classic turns out to be Alanis Morissette you ought to know you you realize because that's that song for these kids is like you know tunes of yesteryear so old I I, I gave up when I realized they because you know you start doing okay so hold on Oh, that song Robbie, came out then. It. If we count don't forward, when I realised they God. had, they weren't alive when the record was released. I just oh, yeah, stopped because you don't want to know beyond that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's awful know. enough. Um, Absolutely. You, if you if you play ironic to a kid now, they just go, "What's she on about?" Like, <laughs> it, uh, if it rains on your wedding day, that's, that's just fucking unlucky. What's she on about? <laughs> Well, let's, I mean, let's talk a bit about the supporting cast because that's how the, the Days Confused and American Graffiti, which I found out recently is coming to Netflix, should be on Netflix oh, by the time yes. it's coming oh, out. Great. And I've, I've only seen that once and wasn't paying attention to it when it happened. So I'm super excited for when that when that lands on Netflix. Um, but I think your point there was, Robbie, um, these kind of, it's focused on Amy and Molly, but the, this supporting cast is, is brilliant. And then I also love the teachers, the, the adults in this who have a supporting role um, and add to the the timbre of the of the night. What are your thoughts, Helen, on the on the supporting guys? The supporting cast is great. 
the incredible Jessica. Yeah, Jessica Williams. Williams. Yeah. Um, I loved her character until they gave her an inappropriate romance with a young that, boy, w- which they kind of like thing gloss that was over. Weird. Why was that in <laughs> which, there? I couldn't work that out. Yes. It was a shame agreed. because like Miss Fine is fine and <laughs> I kind of loved like the little relationship they had she had with Molly and Amy mm. and I thought it was a shame that it, it went down that route and I'd kind of forgotten about that the first time round so that's kind of a, a, a bit of a shame I had no idea that Billy Lord is Carrie Fisher's daughter um so that oh, was really? a new revelation for me okay um but yeah I mean the the, the whole cast is great um Beanie and and Caitlin are just you you genuinely feel that they've been they could have been friends forever in fact yeah. they apparently spent like 10 months living together as like prep for the That's film amazing. and you you really do feel that and it is great to see um you know a young cast really lead the film and just you know take the wheels and and go for it and it's nice to see Lisa Kudrow as well in in roles I always enjoy seeing her very long neck and and, and in films. So, I think it's yeah. nice to see Lisa Kudrow in anything. Lisa Kudrow is like a female Jason Alexander in that she she is problematic to the industry for no other reason than she nailed a character so brilliantly mm. that it's impossible to see her in anything else. Mm-hmm. So she she gets the Jason Alexander punishment throughout her career in that she just so nailed a character that everybody saw that you just can't cast her in anything else because everyone just goes, that's Phoebe. But she's actually super talented and so funny. And and she can do off-kilter funny in a lot of different ways, not just ditzy, I'm an idiot, which obviously she nailed. The comeback is outstanding if you you watch (laughs) that. (laughs) There you go. You know, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. But I was, yeah, I was, I was very happy to see her. In a way that I don't feel for like Courtney Cox or Matt LeBlanc. Do you know what I mean? I was really happy to see Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> I think the the supporting cast in this has got a, a really strong "oh yeah, it's them" factor. Like even like Jason Sudeikis popping up, and mm. you know you're just happy to see these people. And, and the uh, Jessica Williams thing was, you know, when she shows up in the car and she's listening to what's golden Jurassic Five. That was, a, I feel, a, a real shout out to the late 30s, early 40s crowd watching. You know, so here's yeah. a real tune. Yeah. <laughs> Kids don't know you you're born. You don't know about this one. You don't know about this one, J5. son. Ask your uncle. <laughs> That's a great shout. But yeah, I, th- I, I love- think it's just, it's, it's, and they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're not overplayed. They're, they're there for as long as they need to be to make it. And actually on, on, on the point of the, the film making them make these bizarre, awkward um, sort of slightly stone in shoe like choices, like the inappropriate relationship. Right, I think these are the kind of things that can make a film stick with you, even if it's even if it's something that irritates you in the moment. You know, it's the kind of thing your your mind starts chewing over. So it's like it's like if a, you know the oyster swallows the piece of grit, and that's required to make the pearl. Right, you need these mm. little irritating factors, and sometimes you know we were talking about uncut gems on the other podcast, and and obviously that's a film full of irritations and so your mind keeps turning over and chewing and chewing but i think it's 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 great that a film like booksmart which is being made in an ostensibly quite commercial genre mm. will make choices that you know okay so here's something that may not sit with you particularly easily but we're going to throw it in there and the thing with the the pizza delivery guy it reminded me of um <laughs> a little that bit that made me laugh yeah right but it's it's like um in like, Demoiselle de, de Rochefort, you know, the Jacques Demy musical, where suddenly it turns out the supporting character has been this, oh, we're not allowed to do spoilers. Okay, so it turns out a supporting character who seemed very innocent is not. Mm. Um, and it's just this weird kind of like, what? 
<laughs> and it, the film kind of glides on past it. And I, lo- I love that it kind of was, was prepared to do those, those odd, jarring things uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, because those are the ways that a film gets its hooks into you, I think. Yeah. yeah, and you're right to say that it, it's clearly making a, a, a leap for the mainstream. It's not, do you know what I mean? It's, this is not trying to to uh, uh, pose itself, uh, position itself as some really weird indie thing that's just been discovered. It's got elements of that in the feel of certain bits, but it's, it's squ- for me, it's squarely like this is going to be the teen romp of the summer. Like that's that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, for that, I think it it it, it does really well. But I t- I definitely uh, agree with you, Helen. That te- that teacher side sideline threw me a, a little bit. Although it it does happen, I just whenever I see that in comedy, or like because Twenty One Jump Street, same thing. You always think yes, but if it was a male teacher and a female, it would just be so creepy. Like, why is it always fine the other way around? It's funny the other way around. Apparently, according to yeah. Hollywood, I never quite have that same reaction. But then maybe that's because I've got kids. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I think- but yeah, overall, I, I thought it was a hit rather than a miss. Before we head to the scores, um, if there's anything else you want to say as well, do say so now. But the this year, I think it was 2018 it came out. And that was a good year for me for teen coming of age films. You had mid-90s mm-hmm. uh, come out then. Oh, I didn't and also, like mid-90s at all. You didn't like so it? So boring. Oh, man. Nothing happened. It was so and boring. Also, that was also, what was also, Nothing also does happen. So self-indulgent. It really irritated me, that film. And also, you fell off the roof. What do you mean nothing oh, yeah, fell off the roof. I think I might have been asleep Spoilers. by then. Yeah. <laughs> Eighth grade as well was that came out that year, which I which no, I also that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, don't, I think as you get older, I'm glad I'm still related to these kind of stories and still fit in with those stories. And with their Amy and they kind of had their redemption and people like them at the end, uh, even though they kind of self-ostracize themselves but it's those nights where you you do find out you do suddenly become friends with people who you, you weren't able to connect with and that's one thing i really mm. took away from this as well nice. um yeah anything else you guys want to say before we head to the scores no i think we're good let's go hello folks i'm sam and i'm martin and every week for the last five years we've got together to talk about the musician tom waits He's a gravelly voice singer that sounded like he doused his vocal cords in bourbon and set fire to them with a cigarette <laughs> and wrote such classic songs as Way Down in the Hole, Downtown Train, Jersey Girl. Uh, he's also the gravelly voiced actor from films such as The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Seven Psychopaths, both of which coincidentally are on Netflix and both of which Kobe and Helen have discussed here on Flix Watcher. So make sure you check those episodes out and when you have a little bit of a taste for the magic that is Tom Waits, why not head over to songbysongpodcast.com or search for Song by Song in your podcatcher of choice to listen to a little bit more about Tom Waits. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish on your scores. And we'll start with you, please, Ben, with your recommendability. Ah, oh, it's it's a it's a four for me. I know I know uh, it's only really a four because I know like a lot of people just like like you were saying, Helen, about like the uh, the the noise of it. There's there's <laughs> uh, I I can think of many people in my Get life loud. that I love and I think have great taste in films who I probably wouldn't tell them to watch Booksmart either because they hate that level of foul language. There is a lot of swearing in this film, a lot. Or they just that constant barrage of of, of music and choppy cuts. Those mm. two things might irritate them. That's the only reason it's a four. It is a great film. Everyone should watch it. So 
Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a four. It's not quite perfect. Robbie. I would, I would go along with that completely. It's a four for me as well. Helen. Um, yeah, I'm also going to give it a four. I just really, I think for me, I just really wanted to like it a lot more because of the cast that it was two kind of females. But then I also kind of accept that I'm not that massively into teen films when I think about the films that Kobe's mentioned and he's gone like, I love the Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I saw that recently and went, it was all right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't think it is for everyone, but I do 100% think it's for anyone like under the age of like 17. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for 4.5 because, yeah, I, love, I think marks away for the amount of swearing because it makes it more difficult to recommend to younger and yeah. uh, older people alike as well. Um, repeat viewing score. Ben, this is, these are, this is your first time for you and Robbie both watching this. So you yeah. might have to project a bit. Well... For me to watch a comedy film again, it would take a lot. So this is not a slight on Booksmart. I don't mm. tend to return to comedy films that aren't The Jerk, which is possibly my favourite movie of all time. But that's for another podcast. Um, I just find once I remember the jokes, that's kind of it, unless it's it's just delivered in a way... Like, I can watch old ones again, like Marx Brothers, Harold Lloyd, I can watch over and over again. But they, they've become like songs. They've become like musical albums in, in, my, in my heart and my head. Mm. Um, Booksmart, yeah, I mean, that's probably the only comparison I'd give it to Superbad. I feel like, yeah, I've, I've done Booksmart. I've, I'm okay. <laughs> I can move on. So I, I, give, I, give it, I give it a two and a half. Okay, Robbie. Yeah, I'm going to go with a three for repeat viewing because I do imagine myself watching it again at some point but i think it's as we're, we're saying earlier kind of to me it feels like a, a, a variation on a really staple theme of yeah. teen movies you know the life-changing night the life-changing 24-hour period and i would probably go back to days and confused you know the, the sort of the 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 originating texts of that for or, or um uh, american graffiti as well or ferris bueller something like that before revisiting this, I'm trying to think if I've rewatched Superbad since seeing it. I think I did I, a couple of times, didn't. but more just as kind of background noise of an evening. Mm. Um, I, I, I think this is a better film than Superbad, yeah. um, but I, I think I would probably return to what to me feel like the the kind of foundational text of the the genre before this one. Yeah, I, that's that's such a great point. That's, that's exactly how I feel. Like I can't wait to watch Kings of Summer again. You know, and I mm. think that's because it's not just about the jokes there's the drama of it that there's there's something really real in there you know it gives me those stand by me feels that film you know anyway moving on so i don't think enough time had elapsed between the first time i watched this and, and the second time so i think that probably added added a little bit to it um it's really interesting what you say about um, re-watching comedy in that it's kind of hard to have those first real yeah. hard laugh out loud moments again unless it's kind of a different kind of comedy which this is very much you laugh at kind of the absurdity yes. and the shock and the the weirdness and you're like I've got absolutely no idea where this is going next and then once you kind of know where it is going it doesn't become as kind of sort of absurd or as like that's completely ridiculous um so I don't know. I would like to know more from people who watch it loads and loads and loads, what they kind of get out of it. Um, mm. So, yeah, well, two, I'm going to go with you, yeah. Ben, two and a half. My, my my eldest daughter would say Gigi, and that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like to her, Gigi is a queen. Like this, She always calls Gigi the queen. 
So I think uh, I think I think with teenagers they do rewatch a lot of stuff because that one of one of my kids' favorite words is iconic. <laughs> they love <laughs> they love things that like it. I guess because they experience uh, footage in life in a different way to what we would have grown up with. They're constantly experiencing things in in within the minutiae, you know, scenes, gifs, memes. I think they do love like picking out classic bits so they'll watch a film again film it like my younger daughter she films stuff and sends it around like ah oh, you know just her laughing at a classic scene from some some comedy that she's watched so i think they experience in a different way i think there's rewatchability for for kids but maybe not so much for us and and that thing that you couldn't put your finger on helen about comedy i think the thing is artistry there's like levels to comedy book smart is exactly how you described it setups silly situations i should give a shout out to the four writers on there because a lot of the reason a lot of the time you have more than one writer on a comedy is because you have a chief writer a story storylines there and lots of funny stuff but you want to gag it up so you'll get guys in a room to sit around and just toss stuff around so that's that's often why you see more than one writer it's it's, it's not so much that they just couldn't decide what the story was it's that they needed to add gags, like get some funny people in the room and just toss some stuff around, um, which is maybe what happened there. But yeah, um, so these guys have got together, written loads of gags for this film, set up gag, set up gag. You've got a film like The Jerk with Steve Martin. It's a performance. Like what he's doing is like, there's clowning to it. There's there's things he's doing with his body that you can't write on a piece of paper. It's just some crazy shit that he thought up that he finds funny that he's giving because there's just no self-consciousness to him, you know? And that stuff I can watch on a loop for like ad nauseum, you know? <laughs> like Steve Martin uh, throwing popcorn in a man's face thinking it's a, a viable weapon. Like the way he does that, I can watch over and over and over on a loop. Whereas like you say in Booksmart, set up gag, set up gag. Yeah, I, you know, I get it. I've seen it. It's funny. Then move on. And I, I need to try and watch rewatch the jerk because I've not seen it for a long time. I know Greatest I did movie try ever and find made. it. Why aren't you watching it now? Well, because I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be for three point eight here. And I, I, I think it's the kind of film that will settle in my rotation of the Ferris Bueller's. Uh, hopefully, American Graffiti. Hopefully, they'll, they'll be at, slotted into my rotation. The film I watch maybe once a year. Um, Days confused. Yeah, this kind of film suits me right down to the ground and it's a comfort thing and I'll enjoy it and hopefully introduce it. Well, I don't know what Milo, might, he's only 10 months old at the moment, but you know, maybe 12 years time. <laughs> you're a bit younger. <laughs> You'll be like, what's this? Where's, where's Thomas the Tank Engine? Um, small screen score, Ben. Uh, well, you know, I'm not a, a huge fan of watching films on television screens or laptops in general. Um, but with something like this, which is not, despite the fact it's in uh, LA, it's, there's not, uh, you know, sprawling vistas and, and landscapes and whatnot. It's one of those films that is absolutely easy to enjoy on, on a small screen. You could imagine it as a, as a, a short comic series, you know, even. So, um, yeah, it, it, it suits the small screen fine. It doesn't do it any damage in my eyes. As, just as a fan, I'd give it a four. Robbie? Yeah, likewise. I've only seen it on a small screen didn't for a moment wish that I had seen it in the cinema apart from that if I had done I would have seen it a lot sooner that was the only factor I think it, mm. it, it works really well on a small screen Helen uh yeah I, I, I give it a five I mean I've seen it on the the small screen only and 
it kind of lends itself quite well to that. The only thing that I would say is I probably maybe would have enjoyed it more had I seen it at the cinema with People a group of teenagers. Yeah. So maybe th- th- there was that element of, of um, missing. So if you're going to watch it, then, you know, get, get some beers in, get the friends around when you're allowed <laughs> or, you know, with company, yeah, I, think I think it's a great you'd show. have a bit more of a enjoyable experience. Yeah, I'm going to put 4.5 because I think I I, haven't, I didn't see this in the cinema and I think I just must have been overshadowed, as Robbie said at the top of the show, with um, I did see <laughs> I did see Rocket Man, Rocket Man. I did see the other one that you said, I can't remember. Which that was Aladdin, was. I think, was the same. Aladdin, yeah, but, yeah, that was, no, oh my, yeah. Um, <laughs> which would you have rather have seen in the cinema? Booksmart and Rocket, Rocket Man is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Rocket Man is a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I should have changed out that Aladdin for Booksmart, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the cinema, and it's one. It's the thing I'm missing as we record this. I don't know when this will go out. As we record this, we're still in lockdown, and it's the, it's the thing that probably hurts me the most is not being able to go to the cinema. And it's for me, painful. that's one of my main really pieces of like self care is go to the cinema, locked in a room, don't speak for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, depending on the film, and you've you know let a story take over you. No one can reach you. No email. No one yeah, can reach you. That's Imagine it. that's it, isn't it? The phone's off. No one can reach you, and you relax into it and let it wash over you. Um, engagement mm-hmm. score for this film for Booksmart, Ben. I'm going to sort of give this answer from the point of view of the young people that it's aimed at, and, mm. and engagement wise, I would say four because I, I just I think even actually let's go four point five because I think what it's trying to do it absolutely achieves the places it lost me it didn't lose my kids they 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 were still with it right right to the end and and would absolutely watch it again and again so i think what it's trying to do engagement wise is a 4.5 for me it, it had me all the way through didn't check my phone stayed with it you know <laughs> i was proud nice. of myself so uh yeah 4.5 Robbie, i'm gonna say a five i think it, it's just it it grabbed me from, as I say, from the moment the premise falls into place, I was on board and just coasted with it until the very end. I thought it was delightful. And I can easily imagine were this to be, I mean, not that I really watch broadcast TV anymore, but, you know, in, in this kind of now mostly hypothetical scenario when you can turn on telly late at night and, you know, join a film halfway through, I can easily see myself watching this to the end. Helen? Uh... It's an hour of voice, two minutes. It's pretty zippy. Um, it's a, you know, when you think about like uh, Apatow's two and a half oh, epic hour mm. comedies and how somehow, if, you know, in the couple of years ago, comedies somehow ended up being, you know, two hours plus when really comedy should only really be about an hour Absolutely. and a half sustainable. Absolutely. So it's, it's a good length and it zips along, but also it's kind of one of those films you could just kind of have on in the background and it doesn't have to command your attention to enjoy it so um i'm gonna give it a solid four nice i'm gonna 4.5 um i enjoyed it and had me had me at hello uh, and doing the robot dance <laughs> down the stairs nice. and stepping out of the volvo to to join in the dance um so that gives us an overall score of 3.98750 which is good um let's head over to twitter uh we are at flixwatcherpod on twitter guys and do follow us there uh, because we do talk about the film and talk about the, the, the podcast, but also mainly because before we record, we give a shout out. Like uh, in this case, the shout out is we're reviewing Booksmart with Robbie Reviews and Ben Bailey Smith and ask for your thoughts and the score out of five stars. And we had a few responses for this one. Ben, do you have Twitter in front of you? Let's 
choose Lee Thomas. Uh, love this. A wonderful duo at the heart of this coming-of-age hit, a genre I don't usually enjoy. Super bad, but with characters you actually like. Enjoyably bonkers supporting cast as well. Four and a half out of five. So he's made the super bad comparison there again, mm-hmm. but in, in I guess in a positive way. But I, I still think that undersells it a little bit, yeah. um, the super bad comparison. Uh, but yeah, this is me. Robbie, do you want to take one? Yeah, so this is from Anna. I love this film. I feel it gave a very accurate representation of being in secondary or high school. Full of laughs and a bit of a tearjerker at the end. Love Olivia Wilde's work and can't wait for more. Four out of five. And there is, in fact, a new Olivia Wilde film on the way. So that's good news. Is there? Oh, good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that she's directed. Yeah, yeah. She's, oh, she's cool. I think it's, is it filming as we speak or is it about to film as we speak? There was a cast switch over for controversial or controversy adjacent reasons. Oh, dear. Shia LaBeouf oh, out, this, um, Harry Styles uh, in. Yeah. Oh, and Harry, Harry and Olivia are a thing. I know this from my daughters, so... <laughs> Oh, are they? Yeah, so there's probably are a bit of that they? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf, yeah, of course, yeah. He's, he's, he's been involved in all, all sorts of bits and pieces we don't know. There's, there's a fair few or, people been involved or, in lots of bits and pieces, some... and off to lots of them, I say. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to anything that she does, and it was good also when Robbie said about directors, uh, actors and directors, um, Regina King's film One Night in Miami, gives me a lot of hope for what she's got coming up in the future as well so yeah and you know you look i think it's an achievement what olivia's done because if you look at the comparative movie like i think every actor would love to just turn around and do like oh like those formative years where i became the person i was or the people that i knew became the people they were like i think if you get too close to that as a subject, you get what Jonah Hill did with mid-90s. And if you're able to keep some emotional distance, you get something way funnier, which is what I think Olivia Wells produced here. Um, so, yeah, I, I was surprised to see it was by her. I had no idea. It was just afterwards I was talking about it with my my 15-year-old and she was like, oh, you know, it's um, uh, it's, the, it's the woman who's going to, she's going to marry Harry, Harry Styles, who made that film. I was like, what? And then did some research, and uh, she's right. Oh, 1D connection. There you go. Shout out, Harry. One of the so this is from Liam uh, Liam H Dempsey. One of the finest peons to friendship ever presented on film. Truly joyous filmmaking and riotous fun. Four point five stars. Yeah, Liam has very high standards. If this is one of the finest peons to friendship ever presented on film, four and a half, you know, almost, <laughs> almost, but not quite. Brilliant. <laughs> Didn't want to seem too excited by it, but I think he 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 gets the absolute nub of it when he says it's it's the filmmaking, but it's also the fun. You know, it mm. feels it yeah. feels authored. I mean, in a very good way, it feels like an authored piece that's got a coherent directorial view behind it, but it's also just a hoot. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hoot. Just they just keep it moving. Do really well. Just keep it moving. You know they could have easily done Molly's house. What's Molly's house like? Let's see her parents spend some mm. time with her. So mm. I've got time. Let's just get into it, man. Do you know what I mean? There's some parents. That's it. Let's move on. Uh, and, and Will Forte as well. Who I thought those both parents were lovely. Um, but yes, uh, Robbie yeah, and Ben, can funny. you tell us uh, where we can find you online? Um, Rob, Ben, you've got a book out about now. Tell people to go. And I've, I've, I've got a book out. I've got go a book out. I've got a book out. <laughs> Cut all of those and put them, splice them into the show at different places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, I have, a, I have a novel um, for 
uh, Older Kids that comes out in June 2021 with Bloomsbury. It's called Something I Said. And I'm uh, honestly, I think it's the best thing I've ever written. And one of the funniest things I've ever written. It's just, it's an out and out comedy, laugh out loud, hopefully on every page. It's got a heartwarming element to it as, as well, I suppose. It's, it's, it's like your classic family comedy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, new and, and different and innovative as well in its own way. And Robbie? Yeah, I've not written a book. In fact, I feel like I've, I've comprehensively squandered the last 12 months. <laughs> uh, so I'll plug Ben's book again. Yay! Something <laughs> I said. Um, and um, <laughs> you, I mean, you can find me writing film criticism in the Telegraph or at telegraph.co.uk and tweeting at Robbie Reviews. You know, if you stick them all together, those reviews, Robbie, it'll be longer than a book. That's what I was thinking. So you kind of have do, written a you book. Could, you could do a compendium. You could get a book out with minimum effort. Yeah. That's what Jeremy Clarkson used to do. Just, I can't be bothered. You read them all, pick out my best 50. <laughs> yeah. Them in a the book. low yeah. effort book. That sounds really appealing. <laughs> and the best thing is you can go back and change the reviews. So like the stuff you called wrong, you can go back and tinker. Yeah, Nobody so will no, look I was that right. up. I was right. That's what you do. Exactly. Exactly. Redact, redact the wrong bits and put in the... Exactly. As, yeah. as I knew this film was going to be... Interchangeable stars. You can and we've already got the, them and they change. Yes. And we've already got the, the name for your book as well, Robbie. It can be called Colin's Dictionary of Film. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so they can't sue you. This is irresistible. He's just going to call Colin's Dictionary go for that. dot, dot, dot of Film. <laughs> I think a publisher's knocking on the door right now, Robbie. Uh, thank you so much guys it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, it's been great thank you very much thanks so much for coming on cheers thank you thanks a lot enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast why not leave us a five star review on iTunes you can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.